Dear second graders, today is such a special day for you in receiving your first Holy Communion that I think it's important that you sit with mom and dad for my homily, all right? I want it to be special for them and special for you as well. But I got a little prop. Glad I caught that. What is this? Looks like an orange. It's a grapefruit. This is a grapefruit. Who knew? I got it from the Easter lily over there. Who knew that Easter lilies produced citrus fruit? Apparently here at St. Mary's they do. It's actually from Dan's. Got it on sale. Two for $1.99. But I only have one here. You might be wondering, Father, what are you doing with the grapefruit? Well, here's a question I have for you second graders about to receive your first Holy Communion. How many of you are friends with an astrophysicist? Really, none of you? Huh. Well, I'm not too surprised. Usually astrophysicists are kind of nerdy. Usually they don't have friends. So I'm not surprised that you're not friends with them. Sorry to offend our astrophysicists here with us this morning. It's a joke, get over it. <laughs> but if you were friends with an astrophysicist, they would tell you, a priest wouldn't necessarily tell you, a nun wouldn't tell you, the Pope might not tell you, but an astrophysicist who knows science, kids, would tell you that at the moment this universe came to exist, the universe was the size of a grapefruit. No joke. That's not faith. That's science. That at the moment this universe came to exist, at some point, obviously, if we use logic for two seconds, we have to acknowledge there was some point where this universe did not exist, that it came to exist somehow, some way. But at the moment this universe came to exist, astrophysicists will tell you that it was the size of a grapefruit. And for billions and billions and billions of years, this universe that was once the size of a grapefruit has been expanding and growing at an exponential rate to this very day. Isn't that incredible to think about? It's almost too much to think about. You're like, Father, I knew you were going to lose it someday, but now you really have. Where am I going with this? Kids, imagine if somehow, some way, without destroying you, that grapefruit-sized universe got inside of you. Imagine how wacky and wild that would be if somehow creation itself got inside of you. Today, when you receive your first Holy Communion, second graders, you're not receiving creation itself. You are receiving the Creator. You are receiving the One through whom all things came to be, as we say in our creed every Sunday. Jesus the Lord. Far greater than a grapefruit-sized universe, you're receiving God. And what I want us to make sure we know and we think about, I dropped this, I need to put it back up. It's bugging me. I got OCD. Okay, better. 
when you receive the Eucharist, dear second graders, you are not receiving something. You are receiving someone. You are not receiving a what. You are receiving a who. And now I feel like Dr. Seuss. <laughs> You're receiving a who. Many of you know Father Christie. He's our priest here from India. He's been here for about 10 months. He arrived when I arrived. And he's going to be moving up to Kenmare here on July 1st. We'll get another priest to replace him. But Father Christie is moving up to Kenmare. I am convinced that someday Father Christie will become the Pope. He's a smart guy. And he knows a lot of languages. Half the time I come into the house, he's speaking some Indian dialect, and I think he's talking about me. <laughs> or he's talking about how he's going to like take over my job or something. Anyway, then he switches to English to make me feel better. Then he goes back to Indian. But anyway, I do think that Father Christie will someday be the Pope. And if he ever becomes the Pope, I have told him, I have three requests. Request number one, when he gets to choose his new Pope name, that he takes the name Pope Jared the First. <laughs> that's all I want. Actually, that's one of three things I want. That he takes the name Pope Jared the First. Second, that when he gets to select who his driver will be of the Pope Mobile, right? The Pope Mobile is the white Jeep that the Pope drives around St. Peter's Square, right? It looks like a Jeep, like the Batmobile, but it's white. Pope Mobile, get it? They call it that. That when he gets to select the driver of the Pope Mobile, that he chooses me to be the driver. I would really think that's cool. I would move to Rome in a heartbeat to drive the Pope Mobile. And I hope Father Christie selects me to do that. But the third request I have for Father Christie when someday he's elected Pope. As you know, the Pope is in charge of all things that happen at Mass. Anything he changes, we do as Catholics. So a couple of years ago, we added Joseph to one of the Eucharistic prayers. We now say Joseph at every Mass. So the Pope has that kind of power. You don't mess with the Pope. At least I found that out as a priest. But here's the third request I have for Pope Jared I, formerly Father Christy Pathiala. That one Sunday a year, when the faithful come forward to receive Holy Communion, the priest or the deacon or the Eucharistic minister that distributes the body of Christ and says the body of Christ the body of Christ, the body of Christ, that He asks us one Sunday a year to simply say, God. 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 Can you imagine how powerful that would be. And kids, what I just said wouldn't be too over the top. Because that's the truth. Today, you receive God. His very body and blood, His soul and His divinity. Can you imagine how powerful that would be? Because the Eucharist is not a what, it's a who, it's not a something, it's a someone. Kids, how many of you like Kentucky Fried Chicken? When you go to Kentucky Fried Chicken and sit down and eat a chicken leg covered in grease and whatever else, 
what are you eating? Where does that chicken come from? That chicken you're eating, what, what's the source of chicken? An egg. Let's keep it even simpler. Good guess. When you eat chicken, you're eating chicken. Yes, you got it, okay? When you eat chicken, you're eating chicken. It comes from chicken. When you eat a hamburger, what does that hamburger come from? A cow. Very good. And when you eat a hot dog, where? <laughs> Shoot. Where does that hot dog come from? We'll ask our astrophysicist friend, right? Maybe he'll tell us. And when you eat that cow, and you eat that chicken, and you eat that whatever, the question I have for you, and you can answer it, second graders, is what does your body do with that chicken, or that cow, or that hot dog? What does your body do with it? This will be interesting. Excellent. Your body digests that. And your body, as it digests cows and chickens and whatevers, takes that cow and chicken and whatever, and it turns that cow or chicken or whatever into you. Did you catch that? Your body takes food and it turns it into you so you can get tall and strong like me. <laughs> That's what your body does with food. I know we can overcomplicate that, but it's really simple. It takes the nutrients from the food and it turns it into you. That's what your body does. Now, with the Eucharist, the opposite happens. You receive the very body of Christ, and do you know what Jesus does in you? He turns you into Him. Yes. He turns you into Him. That we become part of the body of Christ. We become more united with Him. We become so close to Him that He turns us into Himself. Isn't that wild? Because you know what, kids? The whole point of everything we do as Catholics, as Christians, the whole point is that we become not just more like Jesus, but we become more united to Jesus. And there's no way in the whole universe being more united to Jesus than by receiving His very body and blood, His soul and divinity. Now, here's the catch. Oftentimes, at least for me, when I receive communion, it makes very little difference in my life. Why is that? I mean, I have been going to daily Mass since I was a 17-year-old junior in high school. I'm now 32. That's 15 years. 350 days a year probably because I'm sick once in a while. That's a lot of Masses. That's a lot of Eucharist. And look at me. I'm still a loser. <laughs> How does that happen? How can I receive Holy Communion day after day for 15 years and my life is still not like Jesus? It's because oftentimes we lack one thing. 
so that the Eucharist can make a difference in our lives. We lack faith. We lack faith that the Eucharist can do what we say it does. Think, everyone, for a second. Let's be honest with ourselves. How much faith you and I lack about the power of the Eucharist in our lives. Oh, I lack it like crazy. I don't know if any of you are going to be doctors someday. But if you're in medical school, someday you're going to learn a term. It's called non-assimilation. That's going to be on the spelling test next week at school, okay? Non-assimilation. Do you know what non-assimilation is? It's when you're sick and you eat and you eat and you eat, but because of your illness, your body is unable to absorb the nutrients. And basically, you pass the food through without getting fed, without absorbing the nutrients of the food. That's kind of like the Eucharist sometimes. We consume it, and we let it pass right through us without bearing fruit. So the challenge becomes, how do I allow receiving communion, receiving the Holy Eucharist, bear fruit in my life? I got an answer for you. When you guys eat food, let's say your mom burns the chicken. Moms, that would never happen, but let's pretend she does. When you eat food, what is something you put on your food that always makes food taste good? Can you think of anything? Can you think of anything? Seasoning. What kind of seasoning? Can you think of what kind of seasoning you like to put? Pepper, okay? Ketchup. Mine was ketchup, too. Ketchup, oh, shoot. Double ketchup. Two things of ketchup. Ranch, ooh. Salt. Salt, good. Anything else? Anything else? Ketchup? Relish? Barbecue sauce? I'm going to let you guys... One more? Excellent. Very good. I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret. Do you know something that you can put on your food that will always, 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 always taste good? That you can bring to the table every time and that food will satisfy you. Do you know what the best seasoning is? Do you know what makes food taste good every time? Hot dogs. <laughs> I heard that. Dad, I heard that. You don't need to look around. Do you know what makes food taste every good every time besides hot dogs? Hunger. When you're hungry, food always, 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 always tastes good. It's the best seasoning out there. An appetite and hunger always make food taste good. And so kids, here's the secret to this whole thing. Do you know what will make the Eucharist always taste good? Hunger for God. A true and authentic hunger for Almighty God who can always satisfy us. And so everyone, I invite us that when we come to Mass, we come with a hunger for God. A couple weeks ago, somebody stopped in my office to say hi. They said, Father, i got a question for you. When you're at Mass, why don't you look out at the people more? 
We kind of look down a lot. Why don't you look out there more at us? Oh, interesting. I said, sir, do you know why? One of the most challenging things about being a priest standing, sitting up there, standing up there, is sometimes when you look out and you see how disengaged so many people are at Mass. The reason I don't look out is because I get too discouraged as seeing us disengaged, not being fed, and it's very discouraging at times. So I look down at the ground and I pray that everyone here is engaged at Mass. That we're not just standing with our arms crossed and waiting for the Vikings game to start. I can assure you, dear faithful people, that if you come to Mass with a true and authentic hunger, Mass will be anything but boring. Mass will be anything except looking at our watch. Mass would be the last place we'd want to be disengaged, but fully engaged because that's where we're fed by God. My dear brothers and sisters, do you have a hunger for God? Do you hunger for the Eucharist? Do you hunger for His body and blood? Do I hunger for Him? May we give God permission to satisfy the longings of our heart and He'll never be outdone in satisfying us and He feeds us with His body and His blood. At this time, I invite our dear second graders to stand. You can stay at your spot. And you're going to renew your baptismal promises, okay? We talked about this at practice last week, so the answer to each of the six questions is really simple. It's, I do, right? And so, here we go. Do you renounce sin so as to live in the freedom of the children of God do you renounce the lure of evil so that sin may have no mastery over you? I do. Do you renounce Satan, the author and prince of sin? I do. Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth? I do. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered death and was buried, rose again from the dead, and is seated at the right hand of the Father? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting? I, I, Wonderful. Please stand, everyone. <laughs>